Hello, everyone. Hello. Come on in. Come on in. Thank you for tuning in to Broken Vessels Podcast with our special guest from Mississippi, Tanisha Bankston. Hello. Yes. Yes. We are so excited to have her here on Broken Vessels Podcast to share her testimony. She is an author of My Pain Is My Power. Oh, I can't wait to hear what God is going to speak through her. So Tanisha, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, first of all, thank you for having me here. It's an honor to be here. And um, my name is Tanisha Bankston. I'm a mother of three children. I'm from Grenada, Mississippi. I'm a survivor of rape, incest, childhood, sexual abuse, trauma, and domestic violence. And I broke silence July 3rd, 2020. And that was a total of 27 years of living in silence. And I'll say that I've been a been free from imprisonment of my mind for a year. And I'm on my healing journey and I want to help the next person, help others like myself who's gone through or who's going through what I've gone through. Wow, what a t- you said 27 years of holding it in. What did that do? Just holding all that in. How did that feel? It just felt just felt bad. It just felt all that mental like all like from cuz it created depression, anxiety, negative thoughts, nightmares, flashbacks, PTSD and I was just silenced and I didn't know how to interact with other people because my voice was gone. And so I was just in this shell that I didn't know how to come out. It's like when I tried to push out, I just didn't know how to come out of that. So I was always labeled as shy growing up, but it was a reason why I was shy growing up. I had very low self-esteem and just, bullied so I didn't know how to stand up for myself and I just all from all that had happened to me it just created like this person in this shell like a cocoon I always say I was a, a caterpillar in a cocoon waiting to hatch out into that beautiful butterfly that I was meant to be and after 27 years I hatched out of that cocoon into the beautiful butterfly that I was meant to be. So, Amen. from the age of five to 32 years old. So that was, oh yeah, 27 years. Wow, 32. And so, so you said in the, that at five years old, you were, you were raped. Do you want to share that or are you okay with talking about that? Yes. Okay. Okay. I say I was five or six, but I, I would think I was five because um, when it happened, I remember I was at my grandmother's house and I was getting ready to go to sleep. Everybody had left my grandmother's house. They went to my great grandmother's house, but the male, the man, he didn't leave. He was standing there. He was standing against the wall and. I didn't want to go to sleep, but I was so sleepy, so I couldn't help it, and I couldn't fight it, and I ended up going to sleep. And when I went to sleep, next thing I know, I felt 
something on me. I felt this, and when I opened my eyes, it was this man on top of me. And I still, I have nightmares about him and flashbacks about him. I could see his scar. He has a scar above his eye. And when he got on top of me, he just started like gapping my legs up and spraying my legs open and forced himself in me. And I was just trying to kick and scream, but he had put his hand over my mouth. And so I couldn't kick and scream. And there was a carousel lamp on the floor. I always say I thought the, the carousel lamp was lit. I remember seeing flames. I don't know if those were flames in my mind or what, but obviously it, it wasn't because the house didn't catch on fire. And so I managed to kick him off of me and I got up crying and I ran across the railroad tracks because my great grandmother and my grandmother, they lived across the tracks from each other. And so I ran to my mom and I cried out to her and I was telling her what had happened because she was asking me what was wrong. And I said, that man touched me down there. He touched me. I didn't know that it was right um, at the age of five or six. I shouldn't have had to know what what it was. And so um, she called the ambulance and I was taken to the hospital. But before I was taken to the hospital, I just felt my brain, my brain did a shift. Mm. It's like I went from happy, talking as a kid, playful, but that moment, like I said, my brain instantly had done a shift. And so it was just like, I was just this I so I was a different person. I became somebody else, a different person. And I was taken to the hospital. And when I was taken to the hospital, I remember them taking me in a dark room. And my mom said they told her she couldn't go back there. I remember seeing blood on the sheets and on this white sheet and everything. And then I also remember going to this special hospital, to a special place. I remember looking out of the window, seeing myself, you know, how it's foggy in the window. I see myself standing there, this little bitty girl with this gown on. And 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 my mom said he was never locked up. And I asked, why was he never locked up? And she said, they said they didn't have enough proof and enough evidence. And I was like, you know, why? Why was, you know, me not having to learn how to walk again? Was that not enough proof if there was no other man over there? So I know he had did what he did to me. And I confronted him as I got older when I seen him. He said he don't know why people are telling me that he didn't do anything to me. But I know what that man had done to me. Now, let me ask you a question, because that's something that I think many people don't realize make it worse and it may be different for you but when you finally open up and share and someone acts as if they didn't do it and it's like i know i was there i know what happened so what was going on in your mind when he's saying i don't know why people are saying this and you're like uh, i i know you know what was going on in your mind in that in that conversation like this man is really sitting here lying to me like i know like you lying to me and i'm looking at him but like he should have been in prison but even though i wasn't physically in prison but my mind was in prison all those years does that make sense no it does make sense because you're you go through this where you're trying to figure out what happened 
And you said you had to learn to walk again and you had you probably had to have surgery because your body was so small. So maybe with some surgery to, to help you. Um, you know, I, I can only imagine it just it's just heartbreaking. So that that does make a lot of sense, honey. It does. Yeah, I wish I could get my records, but I was told that after 10 years, they've hired your records and everything to like to, to see my records and what, you know, what was what, because I know my mom said I had to relearn how to walk again. So he had to have, you know, damaged me down there and have torn me and everything. And so, but, but glory to God, man, you are here today. My pain is my power, y'all. I'm telling you, be sure to check out her book and support her because this is a wonderful, this is a testimony of God's redemption and hope and restoration. He is such a good God, such a good God. So you said, um, one thing too I learned is that you, you went through a sexual assault after that as well? Yes. So when... um I don't know if we were taken based off of, you know, what had happened to me from my mom, but DHS took me and my siblings from my mom and we were all separated. My youngest brother and I were placed with my aunt and my brother who's now deceased, he was placed with his his family and my sister was placed with hers. And so while I was living with my aunt, my aunt, she never done anything to me, but men in the neighborhood neighborhood had started, you know, manipulating me to have sex. So when I was 10 years old, one of my aunt's boyfriend, not the aunt who raised me, not the aunt who I stayed with, and it was her boyfriend, one of my other aunt's boyfriends had manipulated me to have sex with him. He would give me change, he would give me like, penny wrappers with penny's corn wrappers and dollars and tell me to meet him through an alley and take me to what was called the old dog pound and he would get me to have sex with him he would have me to lay down on the ground and he would manipulate me to have sex with him and like I said I was 10 I was crying on the inside but I did not know how to cry out on the, in, the outside so all of that had it was in me all of that it was like a ball like a rage like because when I told it when I spoke out when I was five or six nobody believed me even the hospital officer didn't believe me because I was failed because he was never locked up never received therapy never received counseling and um I failed kindergarten and so like I said when I was 10 he did that for years until he passed away having sex with me and I never told my family member I never told anyone else what had happened because I guess it had been programmed in my mind if nobody believed me then who's gonna believe me now and so you know also he told me not to tell anybody the fear was instilled in me so I didn't tell anybody and I was afraid and I did not know how to say anything I had lost my inner voice when I was five I had lost my voice and to think that you know like you said you talked about that inner anger it turns into anger and I think sometimes when we it may be different for other people but I know sometimes when you are not heard and you're not being listened to you it gets frustrating 
And so then to lose your inner voice, it's like, yeah, you see me got, you see me changing everybody. You see me talking different, walking different. I might have an attitude, but you don't know what has happened to me. And does it feel like it's a defense mechanism? You're like protecting yourself now. Like, you know, right. no one else is protecting me. The system failed me, the, the hospital, I mean, I got the person telling me that, oh, I don't, that didn't happen. And my body's telling me, yeah, it did happen. I have these memories, I have these nightmares. It's like a defense mechanism. Did you feel that way? Yes. Yeah, yes. Like I had to, like you said, I had to protect myself. I had to, I just felt so alone. So then you you shared too about the domestic violence and and I know those tuning in and those that will catch the replay are probably like my God but one thing I can see about you is the resilience and just the the tenacity to keep pressing and keep going and I know God's gonna definitely use that in the kingdom of God for other women and men as well but you went through domestic violence as well. Yeah, so when that didn't, when I was, after I was 10 years old, when I turned 11, when I was 11 years old, the neighborhood Candyman, grandson, he had manipulated me into having sex with him. He had started writing me letters and telling me how pretty I was. He started calling me Black Barbie. He, one morning, he told me to come in. Well, I was already in because I was going to buy some candy. And he told me to come to the back room. He had already had a blanket laying down on the floor. And like he knew what he was gonna do to me, like he had this planned out. He pulled out a condom, a red condom, I'll never forget. And he manipulated me to have sex with him and I didn't wanna have sex with him, but I did not know how to tell him no. And he, you know, I again, I cried out on the inside. I couldn't cry out on the outside because I did not know how these, um, so there was three grown men that had sex with me, manipulated me to have sex. And when I turned 13, my cousin husband manipulated me into having sex with him. He ended up getting me pregnant. So I became a teen mom at the age of 14, not because I wanted to, because of my cousin husband manipulating me into having sex. And I didn't know by him coming inside of me that I would become pregnant. I didn't know that. So. Um, I don't feel like I should have known that, had to have known that. Nobody ever talks to me, educating me on, you know, if somebody touched you down there, say no. It's okay to tell somebody no. It's okay to tell your family it's okay. But like I said, when I did tell my family, I was not believed. And so, like yeah. I said, I became a teen mom at 14 and nothing was ever done to him. D, um, a DNA test was done when I turned 15 because my cousin had said that my baby, she asked me, was it her husband's baby? And I started crying. I didn't know because, you know, other men had been having sex with me. I didn't know who the father was. Right, right. right. And, and so the DNA test proved that he was, I felt, I was failed again by the system. Nobody ever asked, why is this child in here having a DNA test done with this grown man? So the judge never said anything. The people that swapped us never asked any question or said anything. And my memories are so vivid. So I, I know what happened and what went on. And when you mentioned about the domestic violence relationship, the, uh, when I was still 14, 
I entered a domestic violence relationship. I don't really call it a relationship because I was 14 and he was yeah. 23, so I don't know what to call that. But that went on from the age of 14 to 23 until I escaped out of that that I was in with him. And so I just lived, just had a rough childhood. I lost my childhood. I became yeah. a teen mom and I just turned 33 a few months ago so it's like I'm just now starting to live I have three children and it's been it's been hard but I thank God yeah yeah and so and your relationship with Jesus Christ changed everything I can only imagine as you just this is just the tip of the iceberg the the many stories that you shared but You've been through so much. So when you encountered Jesus, what did it just feel like everything just just let go? What was in that moment? It was everything was let go because God delivered me. He delivered me September 4th, 2020. I spoke out July 3rd, 2020, and I was delivered September 2020. September 4th and he said he came to me in a dream and he told me that if you want all of this to you know all this weight all this heaviness and everything he told me I had to forgive them so it was so hard to forgive them and so I had to forgive them and he told me to stand up and praise him in front of my boyfriend so I was scared to do that and my boyfriend said if he told you to do that you have to do that and when I tell you I started praising God I started praising praising him and calling out on Jesus 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 all of that pain all of that heaven is just my pain in my past he just removed all that hurt out of my heart and I started speaking in tongues started shouting Mm -hmm. never done any of that thank you Jesus Thank yes, God. Yes. yes. And it's just when I tell you my life started changing and and I just I just thank God. I just thank Jesus, you know, for you know, being with me through this journey and from day one never, you know, giving up, me never giving up and just staying staying there. You know, I always felt weak, but it, it is that's just a lot. But God, that's why I always say but God. You know, he's he's got me through this. Without him, nothing is possible. With him, all things are possible. And I just thank him, you know, that I survived. Yes, you survived, honey. You survived. I mean, what a testimony. What a testimony. And I know it's going to touch many hearts as you continue to share and open up and speak and, and just allow God to use you to say what you need to say to touch the hearts because it's touched my heart. I mean, it truly has because I can only imagine, you know, I've been there. I know what it's like to feel unheard and to feel like, yeah, I know this happened to me. And for people to say, oh no, that didn't happen or to be treated as um, like you're a troublemaker, you know, or, you know, these things happening. Um, One thing I really loved about what you said was, is that there was a reason why you were shy. And that made me rethink sometimes when I see shy people, I just assume that, oh, they're just shy, you know? But I never, until that moment when you said that, realized it could be another reason why they're shy, you know? And and that's so deep, yeah. So it helps us to be more sensitive 
to people and to just be mindful that you never know what people have been through. So tell us uh, how people can reach out to you to purchase your book because Tanisha again is an author of My Pain Is My Power. Let's celebrate her and, and that accomplishment. I know we can't hear your claps, but I'm clapping for you. And uh, <laughs> so tell us, uh, you're going to talk about everything in this book or just a few things? I'll talk about everything in my book. Here's my book right here. My pain is my power. Yes. So um, that's me, the little girl in the shadow when the abuse started happening. And uh, my book can be found on my website, mypainismypower.com, or it can be found on Amazon. Just type in my name, Tanisha Bankston, and my life story is in that book. And so, and I also talk about how God has delivered me and how I've overcome things and, and how I want to help the next person who's going through or who's going gone through what I've gone through in life. And you just never know what somebody's going through or gone through. Amen. Amen. So tell us you I don't know if anyone called it, but you said God had delivered you from PTSD. And of course, I can only imagine the night terrors and, um, you know, flashbacks and things that you experienced. So he delivered you from all of that as well. Yes, he delivered me from my pain in my past, but I still have nightmares and flashbacks and I still have the PTSD. So, but I had this, I used to have just so much hurt in my heart and just from everything, it was just uh, this this feeling in my body that, that would never go away, no matter how many massages I would get. But I just, that's, you, you never know what's underneath you until you release, until you just fully trust God and that you let him just work on you. And so that's what I did that day. And, and I seen that there was power and that there is, you know, there's something underneath there, underneath the fear and all of that. And like he said, just cast all your worries and everything on me. And he did that. He delivered me from that. But, you know, I still have nightmares. I still have flashbacks. I still have PTSD and sometimes anxiety and depression. But, you know, some days are better than others. And I say all of this came from what was done to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I want to say that it is possible, you know, you know, I got saved and delivered and then there was things that God had to continue to show me that were there, that were in the deep chambers of my heart. So as you grow closer in the Lord and, you know, you've been giving your life, gave your life to the Lord, September 4th. We don't forget the day, though. We do not no, forget the no, day. That's I'll what tell I, you. I never forget that day. <laughs> yeah. I never forget that day. Amen. September God. 4th. Yes, God is going to continue to just just burn away things and show you things. So just continuing your word and continue to keep God first. And I'm telling you I'm, that testimony because I was delivered from PTSD as well because of the sexual assault. And so it took some time, but I'm here to tell you that it's possible. And with God, all things are possible. So again, you guys, support our sister on mypainismypower.com to purchase a book or amazon.com 
and just hear the testimony of our beautiful sister. Thank you, Tanisha, so much for being a guest. And before we head out and pray, is there anything you want to share with the viewers that are tuning in or will come on later? I just want them to know that, you know, whatever you're going through or if you've gone through any of the trauma that I've gone through, you know, speak out, talk to somebody that you feel like you can trust. If, if you're not heard, go somewhere else until you are heard. And just, if nobody believes you, just know I believe you. And journal, that helps out a lot. Journal and just talk to somebody. And also seek help, seek counseling, therapy. Amen. Amen. Seek help. There are not, there are definitely various organizations and nonprofit agencies that are willing to help any man or woman, child who is going through and do not have anyone to talk to. Please be sure. Don't hold it all in because I'm telling you, we can tell you holding it in will do more damage than anything. And, you know, it's very important to, to speak out and, and know that you are heard. And most importantly, God is listening. So I thank you, sis, again. And we're just going to pray on out. Father, we just thank you for your daughter, Tanisha. We thank you for her willingness to share her story. And God, we know that those tuning in and those that will catch the replay will be blessed. And if anyone needs help, God, they can come to you. And Lord, we also pray that they go to an agency or someone, Lord, that they can trust, Father, to hear them, God. So they won't take their life, that they won't that they won't commit suicide or, or hurt themselves or, or continue on in decisions, Lord, that will lead down the wrong path because they have no one to talk to. Help them, keep them, and lead them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all and have a blessed day. Thank you.